well, I hope they would be proud because uh, I'm doing my best to again uh, to to bring over uh, on the other side of the world Italian cuisine, and uh, it's not just about the classic Italian. We we express the regional food, which is is not very common to see in an Italian restaurant overseas. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to sunny Queensland. I think it's because I need to feel a little bit of sun on my face as I sit here in chilly Melbourne. Our guest today is an Italian chef who has travelled and cooked around the world, but he's always channeling his beloved nonna. Uh, Rodolfo Malinverni is the chef at Vanitas Palazzo Versace on the Gold Coast. Rodolfo, welcome to Dirty Linen. Ciao Dani, pleasure to be here with you. How are you? I'm excellent and all the better for talking to you because I know I'm going to get a good dose of Italian food and Italian food means love. So I'm looking forward to this chat. (laughs) Uh, Let's start uh, in the present day. Tell us about your role at Palazzo Versace. So I got lucky enough to get this proposal to take over a, a restaurant Vanitas as a chef de cuisine. And uh, it was very exciting because uh, I had the opportunity to express uh, my food uh, and in a restaurant uh, as a, and be in charge of it. And I've been my whole team, which is uh, super amazing. Uh, all the people that work with me, they're super devoted to hospitality and they're very passionate about it and and yes we're also super lucky to work closely with our suppliers uh, and our main focus is uh, uh, basically uh, work with seasonality so that's the main thing just work uh, with products when uh, they are at the right peak so it makes our life uh, as a chef way easy and also to express italian food uh, in a modern key so we we love uh, taking a, a regional food uh, from italy here to australia and share it with our guests that sounds beautiful and it's a degustation menu there if i'm not if i'm not mistaken Yes, correct, correct. It's uh, 10 courses degustation for a total of 15 dishes. And what what sort of uh, people come along? Is it is it people who are holidaying? Is it locals? Like, who are your clientele? Yeah, lots of, uh, there are lots of actually people from Melbourne and Sydney uh, coming on holiday on Gold Coast, uh, lots of foodies. Uh, and uh, that's why it's great to have people that li- really care about food and understand uh, even the idea of degustation. Because, you know, like the idea that we want to uh, take to the table is take our uh, uh, guest uh, on a journey around Italy and um, about uh, even also around expressing our history. Um, my chef, my Swiss chef, Stefano, is also from Italy and uh, we design menu according to our history as well. So we try to put on the plate uh, um, memories of, from our childhood and uh, we also uh, describe to the uh, guests uh, our dishes so chefs uh, all, all chefs uh, go to the table and explain the uh, philosophy explain the um, techniques and the products uh, about each dish so that's uh, is amazing because we have uh, opportunity to interact directly to, to our guests and even hear their reaction 
see the reaction and uh, hear the feedback straight away, which is great. How big is the restaurant? So it's, uh, we keep it as a 25-seater maximum, so there is no rotation. So the, the degustation lasts uh, around uh, three hours, depending on uh, if a guest wants to go with a wine tasting or not. But, um, but yeah, max, uh, we do 25 covers. Wow, it sounds like a really intimate experience and to have you and, and your team going to the tables and, and telling these stories, it must be yeah really transporting for your guests. I'd love for you to um, yeah connect me with your heritage by explaining a dish or two that you're serving at the moment that, that as you say, like uh, has these stories from Italy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the that's the main thing. Like every dish uh, has a story uh, behind, uh, and there is lots of thought behind. So, like one of my the dishes. So, since we change uh, according to season every three months, the menu. At the moment, we kept just uh, a dish from the summer menu, uh, which is the Papa Pomodoro. Is a tomato dish. And I'm very attached to this beautiful product, tomato. I've always been obsessed with tomatoes. So I'll just give you an idea. When I was a child, my dream was literally having my walls in my house covered by tomato sauce. So I could like, just grab a piece of bread and wipe it, make a scarpetta and just smash it. Like that was literally my dream. <laughs> I love it. So, and you know, I, we, we create this dish, it's just tomato. It's tomato, basil and bread actually, but we have tomato in four different texture and flavors. And we try to elevate this beautiful product as much as we could. And uh, it's one of my, our favorite guest uh, dish on the menu. Very simple. So um, let's continue to use tomatoes as our spaceship to take us back in, in time and space. Tell me about your life uh, with, with tomatoes as this lens. Why were you so focused on tomatoes? Well, well uh, as you might know, in Italy, we are so lucky to have a beautiful land that gives us amazing product. And one of the best products that we have in Italy are tomatoes. Like, literally, like the difference between uh, tomatoes of any other countries where I've been, if it's in season, you walk in a room and there is a basket of tomato in Italy, you can smell it from the door. So uh, it's just amazing how the tomatoes, uh, the texture, the flavors uh, is just something very unique that just if you have lucky to go to Italy can experience like especially when uh, last, last time I went back to Italy, I went to Naples and I tried these uh, little cherry tomatoes. It's called tomato de, uh, de Piembolo and it was just uh, the texture, the the juiciness, the flavor, it almost made me cry. I was lucky enough to talk to directly to the producer and I had to hug him because it was just emotional to see this such amazing product and be lucky enough to taste it raw. It was just mind blowing. Wow, that's yeah, really beautiful. So uh, you've told me previously that you cooked with your, you learned to cook from your your mom and your nonna. Tell us about that. Like, what was what was it like to be in the kitchen with them? 
Well, um, be in the kitchen. Uh, I always been in the kitchen since I was literally like seven, six, I recall, because uh, my mom was a very busy woman. So during the week, I, um, I have two brothers, one brother and one sister. So I'm the last of the three. And uh, I would be the first one getting home from school. And I had to prepare food for my brother and sister and myself sometimes. And I remember like even just seeing my brother, hearing my food uh, and enjoy so much. It just gave me so much joy. And I think that was the thing that clicked my passion about food. Seeing like the reward of my brother enjoying my food was just the best feeling. What sort of dishes would you make in those early days? Oh. Risotto, that's my passion since I was kid, and it's a very tricky dish. Like uh, whatever is simple uh, is always the hardest, and uh, I think like uh, you know that's one of the dish risotto that you never stop uh, perfectionist. So it's just uh, you keep evolving and trying different ways and understanding the product as well. But um, yeah, we'll have cooked to be honest, like pasta as well, uh, obviously. But or scalopine, literally like uh, whatever was in the fridge. I was just experimenting, you know, as a kid. It was just, uh, it was just amazing, even like to see the reaction, like cooking the food and see, like understanding the process of cooking. So it was just I always been fascinating by that. And also, obviously, like when I was going to my nonna's house, I would just stay next to her and watching her cooking and obviously trying and trying uh, multiple times the sauces. I always would be obsessed with my nonna's sauces. So, What sort of sauces would she do? Ah oh, well, uh, by, so we uh, one of the cold sauce. Uh, my favorite is uh, salsa verde, which in my dialect uh, is bagnet, bagnetto, but it's a salsa verde. So that's my favorite ever. Uh, even like as a snack, uh, you know, I would have just eat salsa verde and ham and a panino, and I would be just be over the moon. <laughs> Sounds so good. But even like ragu, yeah, I, I can just give you a, a list. We would be here all day talking about my nonna sauces. <laughs> Literally, no kidding. That sounds like a good day, I gotta say, Rodolfo. So, was so cooking was an early passion of yours. I mean, was were you supported in your decision to make this your career? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even because uh, I wasn't very good at school, to be honest. So I tried even uni, but yeah, it wasn't for me. And uh, luckily, I just uh, realized that cooking was the way to spend my life. And uh, that's the thing. It's all about like choosing a job that gives you, makes you motivated and uh, excited and passionate about. And luckily, that's what the kitchen gives me. Like I'm super, super passionate about even like when I'm in the process of creating a dish, I just can't wait to put it on a plate. What's so wonderful. So you've got a really impressive CV. You've worked with Jamie Oliver in the UK. Uh, you've worked at Michelin star restaurants in, um, yeah, also in England, worked in luxury resorts, Bermuda, Costa Rica, all around the place. What are some of the highlights of your career from your perspective? 
Well, the highlights for uh, my the first approach to fine dining that makes me realize that that was the way I wanted to express myself in terms of food was learning about uh, techniques that literally helps the cooks to reduce the waste in the kitchen. And uh, that was the beauty of learning all these amazing techniques. Uh, and uh, I could do that just, you know, working cert at certain level in fine dining. Not like even in, in a bistro, you still try to don't waste food. But with the techniques is actually when you understand that you can create something amazing even with an onion skin. Yeah, that's really interesting because I guess Italian cooking, you know, in its its nature is so frugal, really making the use the best use of everything, not wasting anything. But I'm sure when you go into that that fine dining world, that Michelin star world, sometimes it's um, you know, it's so much about what's on the plate and not always thinking about what's left over. Is was did that sort of jar with you when you first encountered it? So I, I've been in some kitchens that literally I couldn't deal with the amount of wastage. But again, I've been lucky enough to work with amazing chefs that show me techniques. And now in my kitchen, we literally do our best to reduce the wastes to minimum, as minimum as possible. And don't waste any part of any animals or vegetables. You know, we use even like fermentation techniques uh, instead of uh, just throw away like the greens part of a uh, vegetable we just ferment them uh, or we we just experiment even because again like my nonna always told me that food is so important like i give an example i always see my nonna like collecting the breadcrumbs from the table and just uh, putting the milk and coffee then next day as a breakfast Again, not because she was poor, it's just because she has such a respect for food. And, you know, she gave me the idea of uh, respecting the, you know, the food himself is just a great value. And I travel uh, in many countries, uh, even third world country that, you know, I, I re realized that what very the, the most important things uh, in life uh, is literally sharing food with people and uh, being lucky enough to add food on the table so it's a really interesting perspective to to bring into uh some of the resorts that you've worked in and, and even where you are now at, at, at um restaurant vanitas where i guess People come, you know, they, they must have a bit of money to, to um, dine there. They're probably, you know, having a nice holiday. But to have this other thread that's running through their meal, it's, it's a really interesting, um, you know, I guess an, an important aspect that you wouldn't always have in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's for, uh, for us as chefs, it's, uh, it's great to be able to explain even the techniques behind that we use for each dish, especially when we, we, we present dishes of zero wastage policy and we explain uh, every process uh, for each dish. And so the guests, they understand better that we just really mean what we do. We, it's not just for a trend. Again, like uh, I truly believe that if you are truly passionate about it, you can just studying and uh, testing and never stop learning. Uh, you can create amazing stuff with uh, the simplest thing. What's an example of a dish where you really highlight uh, this no waste philosophy? 
So, for example, now we got the, uh, the in this uh, O2 menu. We have um, a dish that is a historically dish from uh, Toscany, Livorno. is a cacciucola livornese. So, even historically, the, the, it's, it's a dish from the 800 where uh, we will see the fishermen going to fish and uh, the, all the seafood that they couldn't sell to the market. They will make this big stew and uh, sharing with the community. So we kept the concept of, uh, again, sustainability and uh, zero wastage. And we make this uh, little mix of seafood uh, that we use uh, according to uh, what is uh, available from the market. And we serve in a little shell. And on the side, we made a, crack, uh, a cracker with uh, basically the head of the prawns, the skin of the prawns, and also the skin of the tomatoes from the Papa Pomodoro, the tomato dish. And uh, the, this cracker, this light little bite is just full of impact of flavor and umami. Oh, that sounds so good. Like, yeah, such a meaningful dish and also sounds incredibly delicious. Yeah, really, really love that. Um, so, yeah, basically, again, like for me, every dish needs to tell a story and uh, it just because, just you know, give a, a bit more value behind is not just uh, a simple dish. It's, there is there is something behind it. And that's why it's great that the chefs, they can explain so they, the guests understand that there's lots of thought behind each dish. Rodolfo, you've had experience all around the world and now cooking in, in Australia. I'd love to get your perspective on the dining scene here. I, I know when you arrived, you did stages at lots of Australia's best restaurants, including Key and Bray and Vue du Monde. Can you, can you tell us what, you, what perspective you got on the Australian dining scene? Look, for me, it's just amazing uh, the fact that Australia is such a multicultural country and you can literally tell that in the food. I remember like uh, my first approach to uh, modern Australia was mind blowing because I see so many new, you know, Asian products that I never even seen before when I was in, uh, still in Europe. So that aspect is amazing. And that's why like, I, I truly believe that modern Australian food is just amazing. It's next level because you just combine multicultural, European cultures, uh, Asian, uh, in all together. And yeah, that's, that, that was the best, uh, best thing that I noticed straight away. What about the... Uh, the experience of hospitality in Australian restaurants. What what sort of similarities or differences do you notice with that as compared to other places around the world? Um, well, uh, the hospital. Uh, well, even like w watching here in uh, in Gold Coast. Uh, I've been here for uh, almost uh, seven years. Yeah, six years. And it's keep growing and growing and getting better and better. And, uh, you know, like I, I can literally see like the, the food, food scene here in Gold Coast is just keep changing and evolving. And, you know, that's why I, 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 lots of uh, colleagues as well, they, um, they always have dreamed to come to Australia and even experimenting the amazing product that this land uh, give to us, which is, you know, there's so, such a variety of uh, native ingredient. And that's another aspect that is 
fully uh, important in my cuisine. We use lots of native ingredients. And um, yeah, like the, uh, there is so much to discover still uh, about this country because it's very young and very new. So I think it's just going to get better and better and better, which is, uh, don't take me wrong, it's already uh, super amazing again. Like I was always amazed in any restaurant I've been in Australia, like the, um, the level of uh, flavors for dishes uh, and the even the level of the chefs that work in those kitchens, it's just amazing. Lots of chefs, they travel, uh, again, they travel a lot in Europe. Uh, most of the chefs uh, I work with, uh, most of the Australian chefs that I work with, they all travel a lot. They've been in London, uh, in England, uh, lots of countries in Europe, uh, in Asia. So, yeah, there's a lot of experience um, that people people bring back. Um, and yeah, as you say, you know, um, so much that's already in Australia with these native ingredients. What are some of the ways that you use uh, Australian ingredients in Italian cuisine? Oh, well, uh, uh, we are now on top of my head. So in, in this current menu, we use, uh, it's not like just mixing with Italian menu. Like we have uh, lots of uh, elements like gelatin wax. We do a oil and we serve it with uh, this amazing uh brisbane farm quail we dry age them in beeswax for uh, around 30 days and uh, we serve with lily pilly ketchup basically last season i went to foraging myself the lily pilly and we preserve them we made a ketchup out of it and we serve uh, exactly we finished the dish uh, with uh and uh, gelatin wax uh, oil which is a western australia leaf that is just remind kind of a carfi lime uh, it's just amazing and and davidson plum as well we use davidson plum uh, in, a, in a bite in a little pastisserie at the end of the meal we give uh, the petit four and we use it for uh, we incorporate the davidson plum with a uh, chocolate ganache and also we have a, a mar marshmallow with lemon myrtle and uh, yeah, again, there is lots of Australian native elements in uh, many of my dishes. Wow, it's incredible. I mean, I guess Italian cuisine is by its very nature resourceful and, and uses what's around. But what do you think that, you, you know, your family or colleagues back in Italy um, would make of the way that you're uh, expressing your Italian heritage? Well, I hope they would be proud because uh, I'm doing my best to, again, uh, to to bring over uh, on the other side of the world Italian cuisine. And uh, it's not just about the classic Italian. We, we express the regional food, which is very, you know, it's not, it's not very common to see in an Italian restaurant overseas. So, and also like one, so we try to do everything from scratch at Vanitas. They, they only would have two or three products that we actually don't make in the house. One of these is uh, this amazing Italian product, which is uh, a 35 years old uh, aged balsamic vinegar from Modena. It's called Stravecchio. And, you, you know, like be able to 
give the, um, this amazing product from Italy to my guest. It's just mind blowing, and you know, it's almost even like educating those people to this beautiful uh, vinegar that generation to generation they passed the knowledge. I, I tried myself a vinegar that was hundred years old. Well, last time I went back to Italy to Modena and that made me click. I say, okay, if I ever going to open a restaurant in Australia, I want to make sure people in Australia be lucky enough to try this amazing vinegar. And uh, that's what I did. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, that's so cool. I've been fortunate enough to go to Modena and um, into one of the homes which has the vinegar barrels in this the specially built attic area and just the way that they, yeah, like move very carefully vinegar from barrel to barrel from year to year. It's so special, incredible heritage. And yeah, and generation of uh, master vinegar, uh, they, they just pass into generation to generation. And maybe one bottle is being touched from three different generations. You know, it's just something magical. So how do you showcase this beautiful product in Queensland? So we... We, we try to uh, preserve the, the original flavor, obviously. So we serve in, in one of the, our first uh, bites. So we present four different uh, canapés. And uh, one of those uh, is, um, is olive oil tofu uh, with a drop of uh, stravecchio of this balsamic, 35 years old balsamic vinegar. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I would pretty much get a ticket to the Gold Coast just to try that. That sounds really amazing. And this idea of, of tofu as well, I can imagine that works really well with that just sort of that mild creaminess and that the body of the tofu with, with that, the, that sweet acid. Wow. Yeah, we use uh, also olive oil, no extra virgin olive oil, because obviously extra virgin olive oil was, uh, would be like too, way too strong and punchy, while uh, olive oil is milder. In terms of flavor, again, even the olive oil is from Tuscany. So, so yeah, like you say, like the texture, the creaminess is just uh, it match very well. And again, it's just we, we want to try to find a way to preserve the original flavor of the vinegar without altering it too much. Mm. Um, so, Rodolfo, my mind at the moment is is full of pizza ideas because I've been writing stories about pizza ovens and I'm about to write a story about cooking the very best home pizza. Now, I reckon that you might have an opinion or two about pizza. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think makes a great pizza? So, first of all, there is uh, two philosophy about pizza in Italy. So, there is a pizza romana and pizza napoletana. So pizza napoletana is the one obviously from Naples and the frame, you know, is big and uh, very um, uh, spongy, like a piece of bread, basically. While the pizza romana is super thin and crunchy. I personally love my Napolitan pizza. And the pizza has to be the simplest uh, that you can serve it. Like uh, my favorite is margarita or marinara, which is just literally capers, anchovy, oregano, and tomato. So for me, it's like pasta. You, you want to make a great pasta, keep it simple, and you will nail it. 
Excellent. Well, that is good words of inspiration for me as I continue with my week. Um, thank you so much for chatting today, Rodolfo. It's been really wonderful to learn more about you, your story and the food that you're creating for lucky guests at Palazzo Versace at, at Restaurant Vanitas. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. No, thank you, Dan. It's been absolutely a pleasure and an honour to be able to have a chat with you. Really appreciate big times. Well, thank you so much. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.